0: What community sounds like? Stay Hello, friends and fellow craft beer drinkers, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. My name is Denny Luce, and with me, as always, is the homebrew engineer himself, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight?
1: You know what? Drinking this beer is well deserved. Been uh, doing a ton of yard work over the weekend. We actually had a break in the weather. What? And uh, so I, we, we didn't have any rain until this afternoon. So I was clearing out a bunch of down limbs and stuff. Has just been sitting there waiting for <laughs> me to do it. Getting dragging a whole bunch of trash out from you know old fences and things like that. So I'm gonna sleep well tonight. Um, I'm all, just sitting here for this. I can already already feel my muscles like tightening up because I'm not doing anything. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> so I may I may just sleep in this chair because I might not want to move. <laughs> it's we're done. Okay. But, uh, okay. But I'm I'm feeling uh, accomplished the weekend. so oh,
0: good. Good. Know. Well, it sounds like your weekend, even though it was a little bit of work, was a little bit better than mine, because as we, you and I already chatted a little bit, if your listeners can't hear it in my voice, I was under the weather uh, this last week, and I'm finally coming out of it, even though it doesn't sound like it. Um, I had a pretty bad sinus infection, and I pretty much spent the whole weekend on my couch, not moving very much, except to get up and drink some hot tea. Take some more Amusinex to try to get this sinus, all my sinus cavities, all cleared up. But never fail, I'm here with John, and we're recording another show. And of course, talking about the show, uh, in case we have any new listeners listening to the show, this is Tap the Craft Podcast, and it's an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer. And we want to help you along in your craft beer journey. And you're listening to episode 66, and we are recording on Sunday, January 29th, 2017. And in this episode, we are going to immerse ourselves into music-branded and signature beers. Yes, there's been a number of music, rock band, metal band release beers, and uh, we're really curious to find out if any of these beers are decent beers, or are they just kind of gimmicky? And, of course, you can count on John and I having a lot of great beer conversation as well. So, John, before we get into all this great conversation, let me know and let our listeners know what you are drinking tonight.
1: I'm drinking a uh, Seattle exclusive. Ooh. Um, It's um, homebrew barley wine. My three-year-old plus barley wine at this point. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's very smooth. And uh, you know, I realized I have a whole bunch of it still, (laughs) since it's tasting okay right now. Good idea. You know, that hasn't you know turned. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Okay.
0: Have I have I I know I have a bottle. I haven't had the bottle that you gave me this last trip, but have I had it before at your place or just the older one? Do you remember? Um, you might have had this one. I don't know. Okay. Okay, well, I, but, I maybe I'm gonna this week I'll finally break break open that last bottle of barley wine from you and try it and see. So right now, at about three years old, you think the barley wine is coming across the way you were hoping it would.
1: Um, I think it's still presenting well. Let's okay, put it that way. Okay, um, I I really like this barley wine fresh as well. Um, so, uh. Yeah, I'm just really happy with this recipe, actually.
0: Okay. Good. Good. Is it the same recipe you used before or is it a newer did you change stuff up?
1: Uh this is not the same as the um the one that was aged on the bourbon chips. Okay. It's a different recipe
0: than that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well I look forward to trying your new recipe because I love your old recipe. That that beer was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So what are you drinking at night? What
1: are you using to clear out your uh your sinuses?
0: Well, I am drinking a Stone Brewing beer, one of their new releases that they just came out with just like this month. And it's the Stone Tangerine Express IPA. This is an IPA that says it's packed with whole tangerines and pineapples. And uh, it's okay. It's decent. It's not anything that, you know, that I would I jump up and down and say this is the best beer of the year, but it's very drinkable. And I, I do pick up the tangerine, and the pineapple in the aroma and in the uh, the, the taste. And it does have a very nice citrusy um, bitterness to the finish. And I, I, I checked to see if any of my friends on Untapped have had it yet. Nobody's had it, so I'm the first one to, uh, to try this beer.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, so anybody that listens knows that you're a big Blood Orange fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that extend to all orange, um, you know, <laughs> types or, uh, use strictly blood orange, but you'll, you'll just enjoy the citrus elsewhere.
0: You know, I'm curious. You, honestly, I love, I love all citrus, but it's the blood orange flavor, the citrus that I really gravitate to. So I'll say that I do enjoy all citrus, but blood orange is my favorite of the citrus family. So that's why I think, uh, IPAs and pails and things uh, really do a good job of, of bringing out the, you know, the, the if they use the right hops with the, with the Blood Orange, it really has a really great flavor. One of, the, one of the beers, and I think, or did I, I don't know if I gave it to you. you have you tried the Payette um, Orange or uh, Blood Orange Rustler? It was the Outlaw before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I grabbed a can of that for you when it was the Outlaw. You know, I am checking. Okay. I don't recall. Okay. No. All right. It's it's their their flagship IPA with the blood orange added, and it's really good. And I have some friends that that's their favorite beer. And now it's a year round release, so it's no longer just a seasonal. You can get it all year round, which is nice. It's really, really kind of
1: all nice. All right. Well, I have to look because we get paid here now. So yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, you gave that a four and a half, so... Yeah, yeah. That's no, it's not, no joke. Good stuff. All right, well, John, um, neither you nor I did any any beer-related uh, noteworthy stuff over the last two weeks, so we're going to go ahead and pass on, on our uh, fun outings because we didn't do anything fun. We just kind of worked and drank a little bit and tried to stay healthy. Uh, but... What about some new, noteworthy beers that you have tried since our last recording?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to be sticking in the Ballard area tonight. So uh, if you don't have access to Fremont or Rubens um, and you don't, don't care about it, you can just fast forward a little bit. Um, but uh, first one I'm going to talk about is an IPA, new spring release, um, which they've been catching flack for on Twitter um, from Fremont. And that is their lush IPA. Uh, and the reason they're catching flack is because it's January and people are like, why are you calling it a spring release? because like, well, <laughs> That's what distributors are asking for. And that's what retailers are asking for the spring beers. Cause you know, winter has already happened with all their imperial stouts and everything like that. So um, it's just the way the, the beer retail calendar falls. Um, but this IPA is just chock full of citrus and tropical nose. It's, absolutely exquisite and uh i've been trying um i picked this up at at the the beer store and i haven't been able to get back to the beer store and i haven't seen it yet out in the wild you know at the groceries or anything like that but i'm wanting to pick up more of this uh because it's just so good um but i might have to to go bite the bullet and head back to the to the beer store to, to get it mm. um but yeah if they get this on out to your area Danny. Uh, definitely pick it up.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, I, I grab so. everything that Fremont brings here. I I grab a bottle. I love other stuff.
1: Yeah, they've got it in in cans and bombers. So. Okay, um, but it's a white white label. Uh, okay, beer. So, um, my next one I'm gonna stick with Fremont, and that's uh, this. Well, I guess 2016 version of their uh, barrel aged Dark Star, which is their imperial oatmeal stout. Um and it's just a a great beer they do a, a really good job of it um every year just the the barrel character is you know great uh but that's it's the same for all of their barrel aged beers they just do a really really nice job um with that getting that bourbon character out there but uh, you know still letting the beer have some fun as well mm-hmm. um so that that's a uh, it's one that we we pick up and I actually had two in the in the fridge. I still have one um from 2016. So I have to maybe lay that that one down for a little while. Um
0: yeah, I had I I had this year's version 2 and I don't think I logged it because I didn't see that they were keeping track of ages, so do do they uh, I mean the beer doesn't change from year to year, right? It's the same beer, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I think it's the
1: same recipe. It's just a new batch of barrels, you know. Okay. Um, but they do they do uh tag them for years, um on the bottles.
0: So, oh, okay. You know, I had it actually. I had it uh, at uh, Twisted Timber, which is a a pub here okay. down the street. So I didn't know what I I looked. I thought I looked for. Uh, well, maybe I just made a mistake. I sometimes when you start drinking, you you know you lose track of what you're what? doing. What I know, <laughs> but I I thought I was looking for the year and I didn't see a year. Maybe it was just too soon. I don't know, but uh, maybe I'll keep keep an eye on it. And if I see it again, I'll have another glass and then log it at that time. But that's a good beer. I do like I do like the. Uh, the barrel aged dark star, even the regular dark star is really good, but the barrel aged, they do a really good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed on, on
1: both counts. Uh, so my last one, uh sent head, head over to Rubens now. And uh, this is one that I actually, I got a, a message from uh, Chris McKenzie on Twitter. uh saying he was talking to them and they have this uh, tequila barrel beer that they're coming out with. Um, and I was like, yeah, I know Uh, a friend of mine's been tracking it, you know, and, uh, we were going to go hopefully pick some up, uh, for it. Well, I, I couldn't go, um, which I'll mention later in the show why I couldn't go. Um, but buddy Rob picked up a, uh, bottle of their, uh, tequila barrel aged barley wine. Oh, wow. Um, so it was an American barley wine aged on, in a tequila barrel. Uh, which uh, I really wish we were able to have a second bottle. We could only get one. They were only allowing people to buy one bottle, and uh, it ended up that Rob could only go by himself. Nobody could get up there. Doing... <laughs> um, and the reason I say that is, uh, the beer was still coming across as an American barley wine. You know, those hops were coming through, and then you could kind of get a, a bit of that tequila in the in the in the finish. And I really, for this beer, I really am curious now how it ages out and how that tequila kind of character, how that tequila character comes to play when those hops start to subside a little bit. Um, so I just, I'm curious how it, how it balances all out. Uh, it was still a very nice beer. Um, you know, it was just a very nice barley wine with a tequila finish, which sounds weird, I guess, but it worked. I enjoyed it. Um, so, uh, but yeah, they they actually, they had done two tequila-aged beers, um, but uh, one of them didn't turn out, and it all got dumped.
0: Oh, so, boy. Oh, um,
1: that stinks, but it goes to show why, when you go to Rubens, you don't find anything bad
0: on tap. That's, you know so, what? Good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, they, they got to take the hard, you know, the hard – the, the hard times, you know, when you have a bad beer, suck it up, dump it. Don't let the bad go out. So, Yep. So how about you? What are your new and noteworthies? So I haven't – I didn't drink a lot in the last couple of weeks, but I did have a, f- couple, a few beers that were definitely noteworthy. And mine aren't just uh, – mine kind of uh, – well, because they're kind of based on the West Coast, uh, but there's also – um, one from Canada, I believe, I think Vancouver, Canada area. So the first one I'll talk about, everyone knows Almanac Beer out of California. It's my favorite brewery for sours, absolute favorite. I love all the stuff they do with their sour beers. And I just learned from our buddy, buddy of mine, Rick, who lives in North Carolina, that Now Almanac is in his area, and he's been checking in to Almanac Sours and really enjoying them himself. So uh, I'll raise a glass to that, and Rick, keep enjoying those Almanac beers. But this one was not a sour. This is actually the Barbary Coast Russian Imperial Stout. And this beer was fantastic. You know, very, very heavy, thick a uh, big roasted malty uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Everything I like in a good Russian Imperial Stout. I mean, it was fantastic, yet very, very smooth. And I I forget the ABV, but it was like ten percent or higher ABV. Yeah,
1: ten percent. I'm looking it up right now because I I haven't seen this in my area.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, you could not tell that this beer was ten percent. It hid that alcohol very, very well. No burn. Uh, super smooth you could drink a couple of these and uh, you could be hurting real quick without even realizing that you know you just drank two 10 beers so
1: yeah so this says it's brewed uh with oak staves sea salt a hint of spicy chili and uh
0: dandelion chocolate cacao nibs wow wow i didn't taste any of the chili which is great <laughs> <laughs> maybe it wasn't a heat chili maybe it was like a flavor chili it did have some really good flavor in it um, I I would have never have been able to pick out all that stuff you just said but it all blends well and gives you a really and but I now that you mentioned the oak stays there there was an oak character to it so that's probably where I got the oak I was assuming I was thinking it might have been a barrel aged beer but without any of the bourbon or whiskey character it was just like that oak so um, gotcha. I like that. I like it when it just has the oaks um without taking on too you know too much of of any kind of a spirit uh, in there. But it was a really good one, yeah. John. And I, I recommend if you can find it to uh, to to grab a glass of it. If I had it on tap, it was at at uh, at Brewers Haven. I had a I had a sixteen ounce pour of it, and it was it was <laughs> great. It was great.
1: Yeah, they've got a a barrel version of it, um, Asian Woodford Reserve barrels, and then they have a coffee version as well.
0: Oh, wow. That beer. Yeah, so, hey, everyone out there, if you can get this beer, go try it, and if you enjoy good stouts, you won't be disappointed. And the next one is... Uh, you know, talking about barley wines, John. You you mentioned that you had a good barley wine. Uh, I had a very good body wine also. This is a beer from Central City Brewers. I believe they're in Vancouver, but I might be mistaken. I, Canada, Vancouver, Canada. I don't remember exactly. I was going to look it up, and I forgot to look it up before I came on the air. But it's they're called
1: in Surrey, British Columbia. If that's near Vancouver,
0: okay. I, I think it that should be close by. I think somewhere in. So they're in British Columbia. Uh, it's called Thor's Hammers or Thor's Hammer Bourbon Barrel English Barley Wine, and uh, this again, John, you mentioned that uh, you know the difference between American and English is the hops come through quite a bit, uh, and and that's the type of barley wine I'm I most I've had most of is those ones that have a the, the lot of the hop flavor, and I'm I can really appreciate the English barley wine where. They, it's it, it has enough hops in there just to mellow out the malt but the malt character really shines in in, in the beer and this one with the bourbon barrel the bourbon barrel was not overpowering it must have blended it it must have been a blend because uh, the the bourbon flavor was just subtle that just accentuated uh oak flavors and the malt in a good body wine like like this uh, I really enjoyed this beer. And I had it a year. I saved this one for a year. Uh, it was a 2014, no, shoot, now I can't remember. I don't know if it was 2014. Yeah, it was 2014, released in 2015. I kept it for two years. And I had it, uh, well, a year and a half maybe. So they they, they they aged it for a year before they sold it, is what they said on the bottle. And then I yeah. got it, and then um, I I saved it for 18 months, I think, before I drank it. Uh, but very good. Have you had any Thor's Hammers before? John?
1: No, I was just looking through the brewery and I've had their Imperial Porter. That's it. Okay. And it, they are it is Vancouver. Okay. Um, okay. There you go. Okay, yeah.
0: I thought so. I thought it was I for some reason Vancouver stuck in my head, so uh, that's good. And I forgot to mention on that Barbary Coast I gave that 4.25 caps and on this English Barley wine I gave it a four cap. Um I, I don't know why I chose 4. I could have gone higher. Like as John, you're wanting to be not so stingy with your five caps and your ratings. Uh, maybe after last year, maybe I'm thinking I want to be more conservative with my ratings. We'll see how it goes. But <laughs> for some reason I didn't want to I didn't want to go off too high and give it too high of a rating. I thought it was a, a very solid body wine and maybe I would I should have, you know, given it a 4 and a quarter, but I'll give it a 4. And the last beer I'm going to talk about is when I had Friday. Now, um, Friday, I was right at the peak of my illness where I wasn't, you know, my throat was sore, uh, my my taste buds weren't all there because my, you know, my sinuses were all plugged up and everything, but I had to go out on Friday to go, you know, have a beer with the guys, right? That's, that's our thing. We like to go out and have a beer, bring in the weekend correct, and, you one of the beers they had on tap at Brewer's Haven was one I've been looking forward to trying. I've seen other people log into it, and I haven't had a chance to try it myself because I haven't seen it in bottles here. But they had it on draft at the Brewer's Haven. So it's the Lagunitas High Westified Imperial Coffee Stout. And this is a big stout. I think it was like 12.4% or something, something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a huge Imperial Stout. And, uh, it says coffee. And one of the things I noticed, John, when I looked at your check-in is that you said that, yeah, there's no coffee. And I agree. Uh, very strange that, that neither I nor the two other guys that I drank it with, uh, they each had a, a glass of too. Um, neither of them, uh, tasted any coffee either. They said they didn't feel there was any coffee at all in the beer. Uh, yeah.
1: So I, I had last year's version of this and, uh, you know, this is a barrel-aged beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm wondering is uh, if they, you know, put the coffee in the beer and then put it into the barrel. Um, and, you know, by doing that, you're, one, aging it so the coffee's going to drop out. And then, you know, you may have a, a coffee beer that tastes good bef- without the additional flavors from mm-hmm. the barrel. Then, then it just dominates it. You know, know, when we talked about coffee beers last time, one of the things that uh, the folks at at Modern Times talked about in the uh, seminar I went to that they did um, was that if you're going to do a a barrel-aged beer with coffee, you need to barrel-age the beer and then add coffee to it. Yeah. Uh, You you can't do it the other way around. Yeah. Um, So I'm wondering if, you know, they did it the other way around, and that's why uh, there was no coffee. Yeah, because mine... And my comment on it was all booze, no yeah.
0: coffee. Oh, yeah. So, And your comment is exactly the same as what I felt. Um, way too boozy, right? It, it had a huge I – mean, the, the aroma alone uh, gave you, you know, contact high just from smelling it. You're getting like, woo, I'm getting all buzz just from the snows. Uh, you drink it very strong. In fact, one of my buddies that's not used to – he likes strong beer, and you know he he doesn't mind drinking a a nine ten percent double IPA, but he's not used to the boozy flavor that came across in this, and he had trouble drinking. Again, we got these in sixteen ounce pours. Uh, I mean, sixteen ounces of this twelve point four is a is a big beer. It had a also, I don't know if the version you had, John, came across with a licorice or a nice uh, flavor, but there was also a very strong licorice flavor too in in the beer that we had did you remember coming across that i know you don't like licorice.
1: because if it had i would have uh i would have commented on it okay so so,
0: um
1: yeah for that reason you know i'm not a not a big fan yeah yeah
0: so i i just wanted to mention this one on here because this is you know you can get this across the nation now and i i think it's worth a try i think if it's better, maybe not to go with a 16-ounce pour like we did. Maybe go with a, a half pint, or if they have it, the most likely have it in a snifter. There might be a 10-ounce pour would be a decent amount. And if possible, share it with a friend if you don't think you can handle it. It is a big beer, uh, big boozy beer that is a little bit of heat to it, a little bit, you know, a little bit. I mean, I think the one guy said he was turning his stomach as he was drinking it. It was so, you know, boozy, and it just wasn't selling well with him as he was drinking it so keep that in mind but i wanted to to say hey it was a worthy effort um but there's no coffee in it they need to maybe run uh run the, run their beers through maybe some like a randall type thing maybe to add some coffee flavor as it going into the in the process i don't know they can they do something to add the the coffee flavor after the barrel but uh, something needs to change for sure for next year
1: well, they didn't learn from the year before, so I'm not gonna faith okay. in <laughs> that. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, that is our noteworthy beers. Now let's go into some feedback. And we did get a little bit of feedback and a couple questions. We'll go with the feedback first it was from our buddy Jay at Maniac seventeen. He's from the Gamers and Beta Podcast. He says, Keep up the good podcasting. The past two casts have been favorites, as you have been discussing my favorite milk and coffee stouts. We appreciate you helping us discover new beers. And then he asked, what's the cold brew in last episode? And I answered him on Twitter, but I made a mistake, because at the time I answered, I kind of like just jumped off the cuff, and I told him that it was Modern Times Brewing, which after I started thinking about it, I remember you, John, saying that Modern Times is the one that does the dry beating, like where you got your dry Is that correct?
1: Uh, well, that's what they were doing at the time that I talked with them. Okay. So. Okay. But yeah,
0: I think what, what he was really asking was the beer you were drinking, John, which was which
1: beer? That was from Shiner. It's part of their birthday beer series. It's their cold brew coffee ale.
0: Okay. So, so, yeah. So, I was wrong. Jay, it's Shiner. And you know Shiner because Shiner Bach is the one that Mike is really enjoying so go get that Shiner birthday beer, the coffee, cold brew coffee ale.
1: Yeah, and if there's someone else in your house that likes coffee ales, <laughs> don't drink it and not tell them it existed. Um, I was in trouble for a few days for doing that. So. Oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> Did you go buy a six-pack for her?
1: Uh, no, but then I the reason it kept going is because I made the mistake of, oh, yeah, I saw a six-pack of that beer, <laughs> and I didn't come up with it. So, I yeah, I got they they called shoulder for a little longer. Yeah, and I probably would have. Um, but uh, it's all right.
0: Yeah, bad bad move, John. Bad move. You should yeah. you should have picked up a six pack.
1: Well, I bought some other beer instead. So okay. And we have a question from Kevin at Kevin Argar uh, on Twitter, uh, he said, I've, I've started to try to taste different flavors and beers. I've been having lately recommendations for developing my palate. Good question, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I think from developing your palate, really, uh, you know, really just try to distinguish everything that you're, that you're tasting and try to taste different things, even if it's, you know, maybe something that you wouldn't normally get. Uh, you know, think about it, and maybe even try writing it down because mm-hmm. it kind of forces you to, uh, you know, put a label to it, and that's really what you want to do. You want to be able to label all the things that you're experiencing, you know, while you're you're drinking the beer. Yeah. Um. I don't. Know, do you have uh, other recommendations? For uh, that?
0: Yeah, I, I, you've you've mentioned this before, John, and I. One of the things that can really help. I, I, well, let me just comment on the one thing you said about writing down, I agree completely. If you start trying to document the beers and document what you taste and then look up and, uh, you know, go and and research what hops and what malts that were in that beer, and you can start to put together, uh, you know, what you might be tasting and where they're coming from. But the easier way of doing that is what you mentioned in the past, John, about going out and finding single malt, single hop beers that will then showcase one of each, right? You're going to have a malt, you're going to have a hop, and you might be able to pull out specific flavors that you can, again, document, and that will help you understand what different ingredients are going to give you the different flavors, and, uh, and of course, with the different styles, too. Like, Don't be scared of the styles. Go grab something, and then, you know, Belgian ales... Are one thing that have a ton of different flavors in them. You can you know pull out anything from peppercorn to uh, bananas and bubblegum and I mean all kinds of different things that you wouldn't normally taste in a regular beer. Uh, you know those are good you know good examples of things just to to kind of broaden your palate. Now, John, I thought this was a good question for you because you actually went through the beer judging competition program and what how did they teach you any way for developing your palate to try to isolate the flavors and and to come up with descriptors for them
1: um so that kind of leans into something else i was going to say and when i was doing the training for that i took a class um to do it so i took a class that was offered um through my homebrew club uh that they had um, master BJCP rank judges, um, you know, doing the class, and it was a group setting, and we all have we're drinking the exact same beer at the exact same time, and mm-hmm. we talked about it, and so that's another thing you can do is get a group of people together and talk about it because you might be tasting something that you can't put. A label on or put mm-hmm. your finger on exactly yeah. what it is. And somebody else says, well, I say it's bubblegum, And then you, Oh my gosh, that's what that is. It's bubble yeah. gum. Yep. And, you know, now you have a label to put to that flavor. Um, and you know, that's, that's something I, I would very strongly suggest. And, and, you know, it's a way to try more things without paying for everything. You can get all your friends together and everybody bring something, uh, you know, different to, to try out. Um, and then, uh, Something else to to consider is, uh, you know, when you're critically thinking about what's in the beer, you know, and you're, you know, trying to put a label to everything, do the same thing when you're eating or drinking anything else. Oh, yeah. Because it's the same exercise and you're learning these other flavors that might be easier to catalog in your head because it's something that you've been doing your entire life. You've been eating other things your entire life, you know, but if you start to pay attention to it and, you know really catalog all that in your head it'll be easier to pick those out when you're tasting your beer as well
0: yeah yeah good 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 suggestion also one thing just popped in my head and the reason i'm just going to say this because i've seen uh kevin and amanda uh you know logging their beers and on taps and i see that they go through a wide variety of styles in a single sitting now i'm assuming that they're drinking all those in a row maybe they're they're, you know, not drinking them all together. But one thing is to make sure you cleanse your palate between drinking styles of you know so, you know drastically different styles. You know, when you drink a a, a you know a, a sour, make sure you drink some water, eat some some pretzels or some saltines or something to help you know cleanse that palate a little bit, and then go and attack that next beer. And that's so that your taste buds give a chance to reset. And they're not stuck on whatever that the, the other flavor might be that your that was over you know saturated from the last beer. Uh, yeah, I like oyster crackers. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, oyster um, crackers. They, Good.
1: They don't have the same salt content, which can kind of be biting at times and kind of sting your tongue a little bit. Um, but it'll wipe it away. That's what we use it uh, when we judge.
0: Okay. Oyster crackers. There so. we go. All right. Well, Kevin, I hope that John and I both were able to provide you some. Uh, some good advice on developing your palate and let us know uh, if what works and what doesn't and and how you're doing in your, in your journey to learning all these flavors. All right. Our next listener question comes from Buckeye beer talk uh, at Buckeye beer talk on Twitter. And he says, just wondering you ever get over to Idaho falls and Idaho brewing. He says, fantastic beers and uh, I did write back to him uh, quickly. I just wrote back saying, "No, I, I haven't been." I, I I said, "I do." This is directed to me. I'm assuming because, you know, I'm in Idaho. <laughs> I don't know, John. Have you been to Idaho Brewing? No. Okay. So there you just answered that. Have you been to Idaho Falls? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> so um, I have gone to Idaho Falls a number of times, probably three three or four times, uh, mostly. When I'm over there visiting my daughter, who's in Pocatello, she goes to co- college in Pocatello, which is just south of Idaho Falls, about 45, 50 miles. And when we, when we do go over there, we do make it over, and I visit Snow Eagle Brewing, which uh, is very good brewery. I love their beer. Now, I go there for a couple reasons. I go there because they have great beer, and they have food. So we can eat and drink at the same time because if I'm going to drive 50 miles, uh, I want to be able to eat and drink in one sitting. But now that I hear that Idaho Brewing uh, is some beer that I need to try, on my next trip to Idaho Falls, I will make an effort to go and visit the brewery and try out some of their beers. And uh, I checked out their website because I, I wanted to find out, well, have I had any of their beers before and the answer is no, because their beers don't make it far from the eastern Idaho area. And I went and uh, just kind of checked out. They have, um, you know, they have some some interesting stuff. They have a beer called What a Pear, which I think it was like a like a pear pilsner or something. What is it? Oh, it's a fruit beer. Um, that sounds it's a fruit lager. That sounds interesting. I might have to, you know, try that one. They have an Idaho Pale Ale. They have an IPA they have a Deep Creek Blondale. I'm all good. I like Blondales. A black lager. Now there's something that I would enjoy. I don't get enough black lagers. I enjoy a good black lager. They also have a highland. Yeah, Scotch. not
1: enough people do a black lager. That's uh something more breweries should should do. They're just so good when they're done right.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's one of the styles that I mentioned that I want to see more of is is uh, well black ale's and black lagers both. I want to see more of those come out. Uh, this year now one beer. I'm looking at here. I might have actually had I'm looking it up now on Untapped and that's their Scotch Highland Scotch L And I have not oh I have had it. I Have had it. I have had one of their beers. It's a Scotch Ale wee heavy and uh, I've had it twice and um, I say it's a good Scotch Ale the flavors are very tasty. Could use a little bit more smoothness in the finish is what I said on that one. So um, I have had one of their beers. So I, I enjoy a good Scotch. I gave it three and a half caps. So that's not too bad. So they, I had that at uh, when I was eating lunch over in Pocatello. Um, but, yeah, they have some very – I also – I might have had this raspberry wheat also. Uh, it's a seasonal beer. Uh, I don't feel like looking up my Untapped because I'll stop talking and then we'll, we'll. Uh, but but yeah, I I definitely want to go. They have a Rye Bach too that looks very interesting. I might need to try that. I like a good Rye Bach. So yeah, I want to thank you for, um, for writing in and and letting us know about that. I will make an effort to go try more of the beers. And uh, John, let me know that that uh, he also has a podcast. It's called Tap Room Talk Podcasts. So maybe
1: yeah. 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 So he's from the Columbus area, you know, um, and he's done interviews with area brewers and fixed their brain about a specific style. Um, I've listened to all, all, all the episodes, um, and enjoyed, enjoyed them quite a bit. I actually started following him uh, a couple of months ago, uh, just trying to get some more information about, uh, you know, beers from where I'm from, you know, Hey, mm-hmm. uh, I left before Ohio exploded. <laughs> um, so I've, I've, managed to visit a lot of the breweries that that he he talks with so I enjoy it. But I need a new episode. Come on, Christopher. Hook me up.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. How many episodes do so, you have so far? Uh there's like 13. Okay. Or so, all right. Like that. So, I'll need to add that to my playlist so I can listen. I always like good beer talk even though I'm not going to be familiar with the Columbus, Ohio brewery scene, but you know, hey, I might visit there someday. I might, I need to know what to go you know, go drink. So why not? Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to be like all the great listeners who provide feedback and questions, you can do that. It's very easy. All you have to do is contact the show with your comments or questions through email at craft at gmail.com or do it on Twitter. Just type in at tapthecraft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash craft. We love to hear all your questions and comments and experiences. We also just want to take the moment to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we believe that you'll find more great content from the other shows like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out opformradio.com. We house such podcasts as Operform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please, remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, well, now it is time for the Brew Buzz segment. And of course, the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer related topics. And this week, we're going to focus on the music branded and signatures beers, signature beers from the rock and metal bands. And also, we're even throwing in some other beers you may not have heard from from other types of music bands, too. So stay tuned for that. Now, the question is. Are all these beers gimmicks, or are they actually good beers? So we will see as we break down the list. But before we get in to a couple of the articles that I found discussing these beers, John, what experience did you have with some of these rock band, metal band signature beers? Uh, So
1: no metal band experience. Okay. Um, But it sounds like I need to change that. (laughs) Uh, but I, I think most of my, you know, music and beer, uh, you know, uh, experience has been through dogfish head, uh, cause they seem to be doing them for for years. Um, and I mean, I remember them having all, they went through this series maybe four or five years ago, uh, like each month or two, they put on a new one and I kept trying to get them and I couldn't, uh, they were just selling out so fast. Like, I'd, I'd get the email that it's available at the bottle shop. I'd go there after work, and they were gone. Um, so, uh, but I, I did think of a couple of them that I have managed to get my hands on, uh, one of which was the uh, American Beauty, uh, which is their Grateful Dead-inspired uh, beer. It's uh, Imperial IPA uh, made with um, granola. <laughs> of <laughs> and course. I think it's actually labeled on the bottle as a... Uh, Imperial Pale Ale or something, but um, on their website it's listed as an Imperial IPA, and I give that a four. So okay, um, you know, solid beer. And then their uh, beer to drink music too, which is a triple with orange peel and cardamom and vanilla. Ooh, that sounds good. Which I learned when I was looking it up was the is the official beer of Record Store Day. (laughs) So that's uh, that's that one. So. Uh, and apparently they're going to be changing that beer up because they had a listing for their twenty seventeen version, which is going to be a tropical blonde ale with hibiscus flowers and kiwi juice.
0: Oh yeah, so, that sounds good.
1: And it's supposed to release, I think, starting in February. So.
0: Oh, I, I need to go visit somewhere. I need to visit somewhere that has Dogfish Head beer. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can grab one for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that sounds like a great beer. I mean, I like hibiscus and kiwi, and a good tropical blonde sounds sounds good to me, so I'll, I'll do it. So I've also had a few different musically-inspired beers. Uh, the earliest ones I had were actually from Lagunitas, and they had a very uh, small release of Frank Zappa beers. Have you ever heard of the Frank Zappa beer series, John? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. There, there was, There's supposed to be five altogether. Now they may have had five beers, but only three of them got bottled, which is a bummer because again, I can only get things that are bottled, you know, well, I mean, if it's stuff like this, I can only get bottled because it's usually going to be a small, uh, release. So I got the three bottles that they released and they were good beers and I still have those bottles in my collection because those are you know, those were actually collector's items, right? Because it was a small release, and they're Frank Zappa. And any Frank Zappa collector might want to buy them from me one day, right?
1: Only if they're full, so they kind <laughs> of, that ship's sale.
0: Okay. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, so I've had those. I've also had the um, Iron Maiden beers, and we'll talk about, you know, one of them that's in a list that we're going to talk about, but uh, the Trooper The Trooper and the the Trooper Black and Red Porter. Uh, The Trooper is average. Uh, The Trooper Black and Red is crap beer. I mean, I think I gave it a one and a half cap rating. It's the worst porter. It tasted like I was drinking mud. I mean, it really tasted poor. Uh, So I can't really say that those are the best uh, options. They do come from a British brewery. Not that British breweries are bad, but I think... They, if they would have had something from you know if if Sandals Smiths would have been doing their beer they might have had a better uh, offering from there I don't know this brewery wasn't I don't know it's not my favorite brewery but yeah I've had that's that's my extent of of trying out musically inspired beers okay so now let's get into the content real quick so recently we have seen an increase in beer with rock and metal band branding and our buddy Mike Mahoney from the Forty Cast and Gamers and Beta podcast has been enjoying the mega death inspired beer called a tout le monde, which is a Belgian style Saison ale brewed by Quebec brewery unibra. Now I'm gonna say yeah. unibra. I don't know how it's pronounced. Nobody knows how it's pronounced. But John, how do you how do you pronounce that?
1: I think I usually just say unibrew.
0: Unibrew? Okay. It could be unibrew no. or unibrow but I'll say unibrew too. We'll say unibrew. No.
1: Unibrow just makes me think of somebody
0: with one eyebrow. (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, But, yeah, Mike uh, tweeted a link to the newest entry for the Anthrax War Dance, a 5.5% pale ale brewed by New York's Butternuts Beer and Ale Brewery, which will be released in New York State in March.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, a little far
1: for us, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's going to have, so, now, even the, now, both these beers, right, these are, two beers one's not even released yet but will be released here shortly but these are new beers that man i can't get in my area can you get the the uh a Le Monde in seattle right now or is is it even available
1: i have not seen it
0: yeah so. I, I i it's not in our stores i think um there was one of the guys in my office that bought a case of it because he had to buy a case and i was hoping that he was gonna hook me up with a bottle because he knows that I do the podcast. He knows that I love beer. I told him I can't find it. You know, you think you'd hook a brother up, right? But uh, it looks like people love this beer so much they don't want to share it. So it's. It, I'm hoping that this is is going to be a beer that's that's has a uh, a very small distribution right away, but eventually will be. You know, continue brewing and and be good because I hear it's a good beer. I know my buddy at work he really enjoys it. He says it's the best beer he's ever had. I know Mike Mahoney he also enjoys it. He says it's a it's like sex in his mouth. Uh, I know this is a rated G podcast, but um, yeah, I just had to say that. I, is that what he said? Sex in his mouth?
1: Yeah, something like so. that. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> kind of <laughs> gross, but uh, but hey, it says it's good. It's good. All right, so because I've seen Mike enjoying these beers and excited about the Anthrax beer coming, I want to do a search for rock and metal band beers, and guess what? I found a couple articles. The first article I found is is from loudwire.com, and it is titled, 20 Signature and Rock Metal Beers Rankings. So they took 20 rock and metal beers, and they did rankings on it. Now, uh, keep in mind this article was written in 2014, so it's a little bit dated, a couple years old. But I think most of the stuff they have in here is still relevant, unless the beer is no longer production. But I've I've seen a number of these beers mentioned in other uh, articles also, so I think they're still offered for the most part. Now they took ratings. Um, they they took ratings and did it in two ways. They did overall enjoyment and by style. And, um, these ratings were from, um, ratebeer.com. So it's a, you know, it's a, I don't use ratebeer.com. It's a little bit, you know, too snooty for me. Uh, but I, will give, I'll, I'll let them know I, I'll say that RateBeer beer does have some pretty good, uh, ratings of their beers. Although I think a lot of them, a lot of good beers are still rated pretty low there that I think should be rated a little higher, but uh, everyone has their own opinion. Um, so They rated these beers from worst to best. So, John, let's go and just quickly go over the beers that uh, you know that they mentioned here from the worst to the best. So, you want to start us off with number twenty?
1: Sure. Yeah, it's the badass American lager, Uh, Kid Rock. That was his uh, (laughs) his co branded beer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you had? You haven't had this one yet, have you?
1: No, I've not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it it gets us overall rate an overall score of a one out of a hundred. Yeah, that's pretty bad, one of a hundred. And although
1: if it's a if it is an American lager style, I could see why, on rate beer, it would be panned.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's
1: gonna fall in line with the Budweiser type beers. True.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, they gave a a a style score of eighteen of a hundred, so they. They don't even think it really falls the, you know, the style of a of a light lager either or, or lager. So, yeah, I, I say stay away from the from the uh, the badass American lager. That sounds uh, not very good. All right, the next one, number nineteen, is uh, the Bastards Lager from Motorhead, and uh, yeah, this one's also a pretty sad score. Although uh, the overall score is five out of a hundred. And the style score is 44 out of 100 so at least it kind of is halfway meets the style of a logger uh, but overall it's 49 out of 200 points uh, stay away from this one too motorhead's bastard logger is not good
1: yeah so number 18 we have destroyer uh, with from kiss it's there uh it, it, it edges out the uh, bastard's logger by one point of the final <laughs> score. 200 so
0: oh my gosh yeah it's also a pale lager so you're right i think yeah. maybe rape beer... but it's
1: slightly better for the style <laughs> one point they yeah. the same overall score but slightly better
0: okay so. all right well let's go to another lager uh australian hard rock the ac dc beer um Yeah, they say if you want a a pale lager that comes in a giant can like a Foster's can, this is your beer for you. It got an overall score of 6 of 100 and a style of 55 over 100 for 61 of 200. So, again, this lager, if you really want to stick with lagers, is better than the other three. So maybe you go with the ACDC. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Then at 16, uh, we have the Sepultura Weizen, uh, Sepultura uh, Brazilian Thrashers. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it's wheat beer. Um, and it's got a fi- overall final of 65 out of 200. with a 31 overall and a 34 style score. But I, I think they should get bonus style points for the packaging. Yeah. cool. Yeah. It comes like a fake amplifier, <laughs> like box type thing.
0: Yeah, that's it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I- I would buy it just for the the case and the and, and it comes with glass and two bottles. Yeah, I'd buy that uh, if it's not too expensive. But yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 a wheat beer. You think that that rape beer also um, docks for for regular wheat beers, or it's just that bad? Well, I mean,
1: if if they do, it's a fifteen point or twenty five point bump from the highest pale lager we have on this list. That's so. true.
0: That's true. Okay, all right. So here we go. This is what everyone's been waiting for. Number fifteen, the Guar beer. Yeah, for all you Guar fans, they got the uh, their signature beer, the Impaled L. Well,
1: Uh, no, that's what they tried to call it, but they couldn't.
0: Oh, they originally called their beer the Oh, but unfortunately, the brand was already taken, so they had to change it to Odorous Urungus. Okay, uh, do you know what uh, style that is? Is that another logger, or is it a pale? No, no. It must be a pale ale. I think it's a pale ale. Uh, it it gets a, a overall score of 50 of 100. That's 50 percent. That's not bad. That's three three cap reading or two and a half cap reading and untapped. Uh, and style scores 40 of 100. Overall 90 of 200. So it's almost got a 50 percent over final score.
1: Yeah, so fourteen uh, from three Floyds. The razor hoof for high on fire. Uh, so Saison, an eight point two percent Uh but uh, got a sixty-one overall style score of thirty. Oh wow! For a final score of thirty-one or ninety-one out of two hundred. So
0: wow! I wonder what yeah. uh, I wonder what screwed him on the style score. They got a pretty decent overall score, and then the style brought them down. Uh, I guess Saison's can be, you know, interpretive of what you feel is a good yeah. Saison. Yep. Okay. All right. Now comes in number 13 is the beer that I already mentioned, the Trooper L, Iron Maiden's Trooper L. And, uh, man, it says, uh, it's. this is back in 2014. So in 2014, the beer was only around for a year, and it had sold over 5 million pints in that time. That's pretty impressive. People really wanted an Iron Maiden branded beer. And I think that's what really sold it, uh, you know, made it popular despite uh, having average ratings. So for overall score, 46 of 100. Style score, 48 of 100 for a total of 94 out of 200. So again, that's about, you know, where, well, I, I rated it about a 3, I think, when I rated it. So that's about about right.
1: Uh, so, at number 12, we have Black Tongue from Mastodon. Uh, so, I guess Mastodon has had two brands of beer, mm. um, one of which is this one, a Black IPA.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, which that's has
1: that- an overall score of an 88. Wow. But a style score of only 49. Oh. So, that's confusing. Yeah. Um, But we finally break into the hundreds in the finals, 137 out of 200.
0: Okay. So, quite so- a big
1: jump from uh, 13.
0: Yeah, so I think big we've, big we've yeah we've reached the first beer that I might need to find. Um, you know how I like black IPAs, and I I'm curious to find out how Rate Beer is saying it's it's not meeting the style. Does it mean it's I'm going to really enjoy it because it's more like a stout, <laughs> or is it uh, more like an IPA? So I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. But have you? I've never even heard of this beer before. Now I need to go find it. Mastodon's Black Tongue. All right, number 11, Faithful Ale. It's a Pearl Jam-inspired beer. Pearl Jam's signature fruit beer, the Faithful Ale, comes straight from the famous Dogfish Head Brewery in Delaware. The band worked with Dogfish Head to create a beer, launching to celebrate its 20th anniversary of Pearl Jam's seminal album, 10. Uh, Overall score of 56 out of 100, and style score of 88 out of 100 for 144 out of 200. Wow, so... It's a fruit beer, so, I mean, as long as it tastes fruity, it should be okay, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I remember this one coming out. This is another one I tried to get, but I couldn't get. Um, But, uh, yeah, they don't make this one anymore, so don't get your hopes up about finding it. Yeah. It was a one and done. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, number 10, uh, Kleskapokam from Vuvod uh, celebrate the band's 30th anniversary. Um, (laughs) a spice herb, vegetable lager. Wow. Um, so I don't know what, uh, what spice herb and vegetable, but
0: (laughs) corn, uh, pepper. And, uh, I don't know. It just seems weird. Have you, I never even heard of vovoa, voivod, um, and. It's just thirtieth uh, anniversary, man. They've been around for a long time. A band I never even heard of, uh, and what an odd style to, to you know a logger that has all this stuff in it. That is very odd uh, beer. And-
1: yeah, well, I'm guessing that's just the category on 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 uh, rate beer that it's in. Um, so I was looking it up. It looks like it might have fur. For like, <laughs> like uh like
0: tree like spruce, the tree like, spruce. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> All right. Well it got it got good scores, so it must be a decent beer. Yeah. yeah. All right. So number nine, uh, we're getting uh a beer from Clutch, the band Clutch. It's the lips of faith and it's the, the clutch it's named Clutch after the band. And it says it's the perfect band to complement with a beer. The band's Lips of Faith Brew is an awesome strong ale, or or awesome, an American strong ale, uh, with a 9% ABV. The Lips of Faith has been a huge hit, showcasing pronounced hints of dark chocolate, coffee, and black malts that bridge the sourness of its dark wood ale. Because Lips of Faith are known for being, uh, you know, a little bit on the sour... It's their sour series. I love Lips of Faith beers. I haven't yeah. had this one. Uh, I have not either. Yeah, I missed this one, and it sounds fantastic. I love what it what it had. Um, it got an overall score of ninety three of a hundred, and a style score of seventy three of a hundred for one sixty six. Um, a beer that I'll probably never see, but I wish I would have uh, had the opportunity to try back in in the day. So it looks like they
1: brought this one back a couple times at least.
0: Really? Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there are some uh, some in here for a 2016 version.
0: My, I buy every Lips of Faith that comes in my area. That one hasn't come. I've got at least. I don't 12... know. There's
1: no no pictures of bottles though, so I wonder if somebody made a 2016 version. And oh.
0: Then... Yeah, cuz I've yeah. got I've got 12 or 13 it, bottles on my shelf and none of them yeah. is that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, other than that it, there's a 2011, 2015 and 2013. So it might be every 2 years, so this year I might get one.
0: Okay. So, yeah. let's keep an eye out for that because I want to try that for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh so at number 8, uh, Iron Swan Ale with the so- the sword. Um it is an English pale ale that's actually made in Texas. Um, but filled with beautiful English hops and perhaps represents Texas with the brew's mild spiciness. There's an overall score of 78 with a style score of 97. Wow. So this gets you a final of 175. Yeah,
0: and I like that label. The label's pretty cool. I like that. Wow, good job, Iron Swan. All right, now comes the second, number seven, we come the second beer from Macedon called The Hunter. And this is uh, Mastodon's second entrance into the list, named after their fifth studio album, The Hunter. The German unfiltered lager was first served to Mastodon while playing in Germany, reportedly leading to some joyous times. Overall score of 83, style score of 98 of 100, final score 181 of 200. Wow. So our first lager, uh, that's actually decent.
1: Yeah, actually, people seem to care about yeah so, um at number six uh for pelican we get the immu- immutable dusk uh which is a black ipa uh from three floyds so it, there's a chance three floyds redeeming themselves from
0: uh <laughs> yeah the a a one. previous
1: one um so yeah i mean i i'd take a chance on anything three floyds does to be honest so, yeah yeah um but uh yeah, the overall score of ninety-six and a style score of eighty-nine. So let's up wow. to one eighty-five. Yeah, it's gotta be a great
0: beer. Damn, we gotta get some of these beers. All right, number five comes uh comes the Ragnarok from Amon Am I don't know if I said that right. Amarth. Ar- Amarth. Amund Ar-Marth. Armarth. Uh, you think Vikings don't drink beer? Please. Amon Amarth. Love to wash down the blood of their enemies with a wonderful Imperial Porter, dubbed the Ragnarok. It'll definitely numb you after the battle as, as well, due to the beer's 8.2% ABV. Overall score, 99 out of 100. Style score, 92 out of 100. 191 out of 200. Wow. Another beer we gotta have, John. How have we missed this?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, so number four uh, is another three Floyd's creation. Um, <laughs> wow. That's in the name of suffering. Uh, for I hate God, uh, New Orleans Sludge Pioneers. I hate God, uh, and it's a it's another black IPA. Oh. Uh, absolutely loaded with hops and malt, uh, boasting a near perfect score on RateBeer overall of ninety eight, the style Ooh. score of ninety six. Wow. So 194 out of 200. So that's number four. So we have three more beers coming that yeah. are
0: 194 <laughs> that or
1: higher, you know. so
0: All right. Well, let's go to number three, another Pelican. I did not even heard of Pelican. must be a decent band if it got two beers in the top ten. Uh, this is the Creeper. Pelican strikes the list once again with yet another acclaimed brew, the Creeper, brewed by three Floyds for Pelican's 10th anniversary show, it's a Doppelbach and it edges even closer to a perfect score worthy of his namesake and brewery. So it's overall score of 97, style score 98 for a 195. And it's a Doppelbach. Yeah. I love a good do- Doppelbach.
1: Yeah. And Doppelbach and Three Floyds is not something that you'd put together on your own, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: known for, you know, real big hoppy beers. Yeah. So, um, so to to continue the three Floyd series, um, <laughs> you know, notice a the theme here, uh, we get the toxic revolution, uh, from, from a municipal waste.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: so, um, it says municipal waste is going to F you up. Uh, <laughs> so like there's signature stout toxic res- revolution. Um, so yeah, big stout. Wow. It's to going to go there. Overall 98 style score, 98.
0: For one ninety six, wow! Faith Floyd's is the is the brewery for these these beers for sure. All right, you guys have been waiting for it. The number one metal beer branding comes from Permanent Funeral from Pig Destroyer. Wow, never heard of Pig Destroyer. I I, I must be missing out on some of these big uh, bands. But hey, Pig Destroyer's Permanent Funeral is the crown jewel of all metal and rock beers, with a huge ABV of 10.5%, and a perfect overall score of 100 on rate beer, the Grind Titans reign supreme with their Imperial Double IPA. Thanks again to Three Floyds for this one. Overall score of 100, style score of 99, with a final score of 199 over 200. That is the beer of all beers to try. From middle bands.
1: Yeah, top four coming from Three Floyds. You know.
0: <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. So. I need to get more fleece. I need to get Three Floyds in my area. I Or I need to move to Three Floyd. Now, Three Floyds hey, is the Indie-
1: Chicago area. Is yeah. it
0: Chicago where they're at? Okay. All right.
1: Well, they're near it. Um, they're not in Chicago, but
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? We're not done. That was just a medal and heavy rock metal uh, band branding. But there's other bands that have some beers, too. We thought we'd share. I know Matt, on the latest 40Cast that was released today, uh, made a comment that he would like to see a Huey Lewis and a News beer. Well, sorry, Matt. Uh, I don't think there is one of those. But you might find something you like in our list that we found from an article from craftbrewingbusiness.com titled... Enjoy your mixtape of band-themed brewskis, which includes RIS, Rick Astley's upcoming beer with McKellar with a few additional music-themed beers. So, starting it off, you heard it. The Danish brewery McKellar is going to brew up a Fruity Pilsner for Rick Astley that has yet to be named. So this. it's not
1: named Rick Rolled. Opportunity yeah. lost. I'm just
0: saying. <laughs> it should be it should be Rick Roll. But that would mean it would so they have to name it Rick Roll, but it has to look like it's something else so that it ends up being what it yeah, is. I they labeled it. it as a stout. And yeah. then <laughs> <laughs> so that one's that one's for you, Matt. Enjoy that one when it comes out. Yeah. And then
1: uh Fish Head, you know, which I mentioned, uh, have a series of music based beers. Um, but the author's favorite was uh Positive Contact by a Deltron Thirty Thirty. It's a nine percent ABV hybrid of beer and cider, brewed with Fuji apples, roasted farro, a handful of cayenne peppers, and a late dose of fresh cilantro. Yeah, and this sweet and sour Belgianish brew is a light straw color with fruity cider-like notes. The cayenne and alcohol give it a warming finish.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. All right, now again for the little lighter crowd, we got a hooting the Blowfish beer. Uh, which is said to be liquid sunshine. It's called Hootie's Homegrown L by Rock Brothers Brewing. So hey, get a little southern rock. Uh, uh, I don't know what, they, what is Hootie and Blowfish. What were they? It's like southern rock, I guess, light rock.
1: Yeah, I don't know. probably something in there. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah, exactly. I, how I that. liked
0: I liked Hootie and Blowfish when they were out. I like uh, who's the. Um, Darius Rucker is the lead singer. I like that guy, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, up next,
1: Queen launched a brew called uh, a Bohemian Lager in honor of the band's 40th anniversary of Bohemian Rhapsody. A uh, golden hoppy beer with a ABV of 4.7% brewed in the Czech Republic by Schwarzenberg
0: Brewery. Yeah. So, all you so. Uh, Queen fans, that's a beer I would go grab just because I... I like Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody, and hey, why not try it? All right, we have the uh, the Doom Tree Bolt Cutter by the Minneapolis-based Surly Brewing Company. It's a bastardized style that will build on a classic but buck the convention. Uh, it's it's guided by instinct. It says this is quoted from from the uh, brewer. It says it was guided by instinct. We came up with this dark, gold, toasty, aromatic, subtly spicy, bitter enough, dry hopped. Peru. Wow. The Doom Tree Bolt Cutter. So I, I never even yeah, heard of Doom I'd go Tree. for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a bastardized style. It's, it's a little bit of everything. Why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got Madness, an English ska band, released three different beers in 2014 and called Gladness, which is a lager, Love Struck, which is a hoppy amber, and Night Boat, which is a London Porter. That was done by Portobello Brewery.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I. I mean, I tried these. If I ever saw them coming to our, you know, into the states, I mean, it sounds. I mean, they, they sound all right. All right, the Descendants. Um, they have uh, they have a beer called Feel This Coffee IPA. It's a collaboration between McKellar and Elsmith Brewing out of San Diego area. So, um, I'd for sure try that one. I everyone loves a good coffee IPA, so why not?
1: Yeah. And then we, finally, we have one from Denny's favorite band, uh, Hanson. <laughs> um, so they have, uh, their Hanson brothers beer company based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, but it's brewed by, their beer is brewed by Mustang brewing company. Um, and, uh, their, their beer is called um mm hops, uh, you know, like their Denny knows they're, they're, they're
0: they're hitting Mm-bop.
1: Mm-bop. um bob <laughs> but uh it's an american pale ale craft with rich malt signature blend of hops at seven and a half percent and i've actually had the beer it's a decent pale ale yeah uh, so it was actually i i had it uh like two and a half years ago at uh gabf um that you know i was there you know it's free tastings and i was like man why not you know go try it out and uh but over the last like six to eight months, it's actually been in Washington, um, distributed out here. So, oh, wow. Uh, I could pick it up, but I, I didn't get another another bottle. So,
0: uh, it's, yeah. prob- it's probably a collector's item. You collect it and save it for, you know, I don't know, for when your kids get old enough to <laughs> drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hanson beer. Huh? I don't know. I'd try it. If you said it wasn't too bad, I'd try a bottle. Why not? I, although I don't think I've ever heard of a Hanson. Song. Honestly, Hanson's a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit older for that type of band, but do you, do you yeah, have any? You have any I don't even know what songs they sing. Do they ha- sing anything I would know?
1: I, I don't know anything other than Mbop, So
0: I've never <laughs> even heard of that one. I've heard of hop. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, bop is their song. So okay. that's where uh, the beer name came from.
0: All right. Well, there you go. That is a pretty comprehensive list of beers that are music themed, and uh, I'm I'd love to hear your you know our listeners' feedback on which one of these that you guys have tried and, and have enjoyed, and if you've had some of these top rated beers that were on that list that first list, let us know. Uh, I, I'm curious if you also agree with what Rate Beer said, or if you thought that they weren't all that great, or or whether or not they were expensive, right? Some of these beers might be pretty expensive. Was it worth the money that you paid for it? Those are th- things I'd love to find out about. So let us know. All right. Well, we do have an article, maybe two if we don't, if we have time. Um, it's the first one is kind of a public service announcement. We do have a, a this posted on our Facebook page, and we, I think, we also had it on our Twitter account, also. And this is All about the Sierra Nevada recall recently. Back on January 22nd, uh, Sierra Nevada put out a press release announcing a volunteer recall of select 12-ounce bottles that may contain a small glass packaging flaw. It says the recall came after quality inspections at the Mills River, North Carolina brewery, detected a very limited number of bottles with a flaw that may result in loss of carbonation and a small piece of glass to break off and possibly fall into the bottle, causing risk of injury. The recall applies to product purchased in the Midwest, Southern, and East Coast states, and for a full list of the states that were distributed to, there is a list on their website, um, which I have a link in the show notes, or you can find the article on the Facebook page, so um, make sure you guys go and uh, check that out. Uh,
1: yeah they believe the, uh, that this uh, recall you know the bottles are impacted at a rate of roughly one in every 10,000 so 001 percent uh, packaged during the time frame of December 5th to January 13th. Um, so they've got all the brands uh, listed on the website that uh, um, that are uh, affected by that and it's those with the date in that date range with the code of M for their Mills River, um, brewery, not C, which is the Chico brewery. So if you got a code of M with those that uh, date on it, those dates on it, um, you know, check on that. Um, but uh, Sierra Nevada states that they have a, they have set the standard for quality in the craft brewery industry since 1980. And we have decided to take this precaution to ensure the safety of our consumers uh, to date, we have not received any consumer reports of injuries resulting from the potentially affected bottles, and we are working with our suppliers to determine the root cause of the issue. So uh, they they have stopped distributing all affected beer, and the company is actively working with the distributor and retail partners to remove the beer from shelves and are holding uh, further shipments. Uh, so you might see a little lull in uh, Sierra Nevada availability if you're in the, the inf- affected areas. Um, uh, but if you did buy it, uh, um, and you're within the scope of the recall, you'll be eligible for full compensation for the purchase price and are advised not to drink it and to, to dispose of it. Uh, you can visit the link, Sierra Nevada.com slash quality matters. Uh, we'll have that linked on the show notes, uh, to find all the information.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this is a pretty, this is a big thing. I mean that's a, a lot of beer uh, but I, I applaud them for uh, you know taking the stand and saying hey we don't want you know our quality means a lot we don't want anything going out that's gonna either be bad or cause injury to our consumers we don't, they don't want to sour their their branding so I applaud them for, for recalling all this and, and losing a, a ton of money I mean there's uh, one two three four five six seven eight different beers uh, branding that that's being affected. And uh, that's, you know, that's a month, uh, a whole month of, of processing that, you know, that they package a lot of beer every day, and that's 30 days' worth of beer, uh, f- you know, from, a, you know, that's a lot of beer that they're re- bringing back and, and disposing of. So good, good for them, good for them. Okay, the uh, other article... And we're not gonna. We're just gonna kind of just talk. The article is is on our uh, our Facebook page, and it's called "Giving Up the Growler," and it's by draft uh, draftmagazine.com, and Zach Fowl, uh, Fowl is the author. And um, I didn't write any notes on this. So I kind of just gonna wing it. But I thought it was kind of an interesting article that says, "Hey, the you know stop. You know some some breweries are saying stop using growlers. Why you know you're using growlers and it's, it's affecting." Uh, the quality of the beer. People don't understand how the growler is, is supposed to work. They think that once you put the beer in the growler and you put the cap on, that that, that beer is now able to be stored for a number of you know of of days uh, without affecting the beer. And they think that uh, that's just like a, a regular bottle of beer, and it's it's not true. They're also made statements that the bottles are you know they don't know the cleanliness. Of the bottles, and if beer gets put in a bottle and doesn't taste right, that can affect again their their branding and their quality and what people think of their beer. And they don't want bad beer going out into the public, uh, even though it didn't come from them; it was coming from a bad growler. It also they also stated some stuff like um, you know it takes a lot of time to fill a growler properly at the uh, brewery, and they don't want to waste the time of, of filling up you know, these growlers, so I thought, you know, let's let's just do away with it. Some breweries have even gone to, the, to a, a turn, like a turn-in, a growler turn-in thing where, hey, bring your growler back uh, and we'll give you, you know, a free beer or money back for it or whatever to try to get growlers out of the circulation. They don't want to have to deal with them. They also gave some suggestions that instead of using growlers to switch over to the more convenient and better storage Um, method of the new Crowler. And of course, the Crowler can was brought to us, I believe it was brought to us by Oscar Blues. I think they developed that first 32 ounce Crowler canning machine. Uh, And and that's another good option for um, taking beer out of the brewery and enjoying it at home is that uh, this beer gets put into a, a 32 ounce can and the lid is sealed with a pop top. And the beer is good for anywhere from you know, from uh, three days to uh, a week to s- some people even say 10 days to two weeks at the most. Um, personally, I think the crowler still should be consumed within one week of uh, being being canned. I think you get the best flavor out of it. But again, they don't have to worry about cleaning out uh, glass uh uh, growlers or making sure the caps are sealed correctly and, and all the time. So, they're saying it's time to give up the the growler. Now, John, what do you think about this movement of some of these breweries? Do you think the the growler is dead? Or do you think what do you think? you think it's going to affect breweries that no longer accept growlers um, and only accept growlers? Or what do you think?
1: Um, well, for one, I've never seen a brewery that actually hasn't Instituted this policy, so I don't think it's uh, that widespread, or at least in my area. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from an oxygen standpoint, um, I've heard that crawlers are actually worse in terms of ox- initial oxygen intake because mm-hmm. um, they've got a, that wider mouth um, on the on the container. Uh, but then once it's sealed, assuming it's sealed properly, which is another thing, the crawler machines require a lot of maintenance to make sure that they are, uh, operating correctly and getting the right seal on the, um, seaming the, the top on correctly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with growlers, but I also take care of mine. So I know when I take it in, I'm not, I don't have anything funky in there, you know, that's gonna have ill will and I drink it. Usually that night. Um, So I I think growlers have their place. Um, I think people are concerned about other people's expectations, which is true, but it just requires education. You know, don't stick this in your fridge for a month and expect it to be great. Um, And people need to know that once they open it, well, now you're on the clock. You know, you got to drink it. Um, You can't. Take a little bit out, you know. It's not like a gallon of milk they yeah. just keep it in the fridge <laughs> and take a little bit each day. Um, but uh, no, I, I don't think uh, I don't think so. But and you know, actually, one of the best run growler operations I've seen, and, and I mean, this requires you know true commitment to it is uh, Georgetown Brewing here in mm-hmm. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't have a tap room. In the sense that you can go and drink a beer, you can go and have free tastes of whatever you want that they have available at the time, and uh, then they uh, just have a whole cooler full behind there of pre-filled growlers that they have filled in the brewery that they've you know flushed and you know done the proper uh, counter pressure fill to do it with CO two and not oxygen and everything like that, and uh, you just get one of those to go home Mm. and they don't charge you for the glass. They just charge you for the beer that's inside. And then the next time you just bring them back and hand them the empty ones and buy your new ones. Mm. And they, you know, clean them all and get them all done and ready to go. I mean, it's, it's great, but it, I mean, that's a lot of space that's going to be tied up at the brewery for growlers and that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, that's how they do part of their to go sales. So, um, but you know, the, the emphasis on the, the bottling lines and the canning lines. Well, for small breweries, at least the bottling and canning lines that they can purchase aren't that great. Um, I think in the article, they, they have a comment from Tony McGee from Lagunitas and, you know, that says he doesn't like it. And they spent $2 million on their bottling line. Um, you know, and it costs that much for a reason. Uh, but, uh, you know, your small brewery down the street's not gonna buy a two million dollar bottling yeah, line.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and so what they're getting is not going to have the same precision and quality that you know, Lionel's bottling line has. Uh so you know, it's not to say that it's gonna put out bad beer, just it's um it's probably gonna have a little more oxygen in it. It's gonna age a little bit faster. Um so I I don't know. I I don't think growlers are going anywhere. Um Yes, they're not perfect, you know, but I don't I don't think that's the expectation. And I think just education is what needs to happen Yeah, craft beer is exploding. So
0: that's all. Uh, and I agree with you. I think the same thing. I think it's all about educating. If pe- I mean, I think it's the bartenders or whoever's oh, – No, excuse me. I'm burping up my beer. I think that's the bartenders or – the, the growler fillers responsibility to make sure the person that they're filling understands what's going on. If he brings in a, a growler and it doesn't look up to par, then you turn it away and say, no, 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 I'm not going to fill this. This is not, this is not the way we, you know, you're supposed to bring in a, a, a growler to be filled. It needs to be, you know, clean, sand, you know, it needs to be, you know, in, in decent shape and then let them know too that, you know, whether it's a, a little card you get with it when you fill up a growler, a little you know piece of paper that has the do's and don'ts of, of using a, a growler. I mean, give that to them on the way out, or a sticker that you put on the side of the bottle. I mean, invest a little bit to say to make sure if you are really care about what the you know what the consumer is getting and making sure they they can get the most enjoyment out of the beer. Educate them, you know, let them know that hey, this this thing is only going to last three days. Unopened, and uh, once you open it, drink it in within the that day, uh, because as you take beer out, you're going to lose carbonation; it's going to go flat, and it's just not going to be, uh, uh, you know, that great of an experience. Yeah, educate people. Uh, I do like the crowler. I I do agree that you know the machine itself is a very rudimentary looking machine, and you are making a lot of assumptions that that seals being done. Correctly and and good and you're right, I think with the big wide mouth you might have a little bit more oxygen there because you're not filling it upside down, uh, you're not removing oxygen uh, in, but I, I like the crowler I think that's a good option, um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's a it's a pretty decent article it's a long article so you know you guys can uh, visit it. Visit our show notes on openformradio.com and and get the article.
1: Yeah, and you know your your experience is also going to be impacted by the brewery, you know, and how they train their people on on their on there too. So yeah, you know, some places will purge it with CO two and help minimize that. Um, other places have the we're just going to turn on the tap and we'll keep spilling beer out all over everywhere until you know yeah <laughs> it's up to the top and you know nobody likes seeing that but
0: that, that's true <laughs> tons
1: of places do it yeah it yeah pains me every time
0: I, you know what that's a good you brought up a good point john that that pains me too i hate seeing just beer flowing out you know foam and beer flowing out of the top of a of a growler uh just so so wasteful and i that's another reason why you know brewers haven especially they fill growlers and i see it all the time they just waste so much beer i'm like if that, I think to myself, if they're filling a growler with a beer that I want to get next, I'm I'm thinking that freaking tap better not blow because of this damn <laughs> growler fill. I'm gonna be pissed. I mean, it it, it makes me upset because I don't want to miss out on a beer because you know waste wastefulness is going on with the growler fills. So yeah, no. Okay, well those are the articles. Anything else, John, that you wanted to uh, talk about before we close this show out?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: All right. Well, you know what? It's going to be a shorter show this week. So uh, I, I think that's a good thing. We had a couple two-hour-long shows. Now we're going to have an hour-and-a-half-long show. I think that's a good good thing. But before we close out the show, John, here's your opportunity to raise a glass. So who do you want to raise a glass to?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned uh, with the tequila barrel-aged beer that, uh, you know, I had was going to be able to go and do some stuff that day and didn't end up being able to do it. Um, and uh, it was actually a, a pub crawl uh, from my buddy Pete uh, for his birthday. And I had to cancel um, because uh, our dog, Tuke was attacked by our neighbor's dog.
0: Oh, no. Um,
1: their dog broke through our wood fence, uh, broke three boards to get through the fence, um, and a, a tack uh, he had puncture wounds all over his neck and his legs and a broken leg.
0: Oh my goodness. Um,
1: so, uh, but I raise my glass to him cause he's doing his recovery like a champ. Um, <laughs> he adapted to, you know, hobble on three legs and he's already starting to put weight on his broken legs. So, um, he's doing awesome and, uh, we've had a lot of, uh. Bonding time over the last uh, week so oh, good um, as we get him back back to full strength so
0: oh wow yeah I uh, I raised my glass to took too for being for manning it up and uh, taking the beating and uh, not giving it up I mean geesh that's kind of sucks and and you guys have stairs uh, I mean you had to carry him up and down the stairs to have him go to the bathroom or what how's that working out
1: uh, that's what we had to do for the first uh two or three days. Um then we were working on teaching him how to do the stairs, you know, with some assistance and then he just kind of figured out how to do it himself. Oh, okay. So, um but yeah, like to do all his vet visits, I have to do it cuz I'm the only one that can lift him in and out of the car.
0: Oh, yeah. Um
1: so uh yeah, but he's getting better and uh so so far everything's gone well uh for his recovery. So
0: Alright, well good. Sorry. Well I'm sorry to hear about two getting getting chewed on by the other dog. Is that that big uh Akita dog? What what kind of dog yeah. Is, is Yeah. Yeah, it's the Akita. Yeah, the Akitas can be mean. Those are those can be mean dogs. All right. Well hopefully something's being done with with it so it doesn't do that to other I, I'd hate to have that happen to a child. I mean
1: Yeah, action is being taken. Okay. Let's just put it that way.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Well, all right. Well, I have a few toasts myself. First, I want to raise my glass to the Forty Cast crew for hosting me on episode three hundred and fourteen, that released a couple weeks ago. This, in fact, released a Sunday after our show released. Uh, had a great time. Had a lot of feedback from a lot of different people that enjoyed hearing me talk. I don't know. I assume talk about beer because I talk about beer. The beer was the show was focused around a lot of beer talk. Uh, which is good. Um, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, good, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, also, I got to raise my glass to our buddy Tim Price, who has hit 500 distinct beers on Untapped. So, cheers to you, Tim. Keep up yeah, the good cheers. work. And of course, one of the guys that made a comment about hearing me on the Forty Cast and wants to is going to try out our show is uh, is Alex. Uh, at That Choffee, and he is the host of Games We Don't Play podcast. and he's not much of a beer drinker, but he was so intrigued by the conversation that I was having with the guys that he wanted to give our show a, a try. So, Alex, I hope you enjoy what you hear, and I hope you learn about craft beer, and even though you're not a craft beer guy now, maybe you will, you know, go ahead and, and try some more beers and, uh, and enjoy them. Let us know about your beer journey.
1: Yeah, and he was the guest on this week's Forty Cast. I just came out today. Yeah.
0: So, So, yeah, he's making his rounds. That's good. All right. Also, I just want to give the opportunity to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there who are protecting our freedoms. Thank you for your service and return home safely soon. If you want to be a part of the show, you can do that by... Preparing for our next episode's tasting notes segment. Yes, we are going to have, hopefully, we're going to have a bottle of the Sierra Nevada Bigfoot barley wine. That was not on the list of recalls. So hopefully that will be available for you guys to pick up. And John and I will have a bottle ourselves and we will do tasting notes on it on our next episode. So it will be our first official barley wine tasting. So you know, grab a bottle and join us. And you can find the beers and links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes, which is located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And, John, how can our listeners follow you?
1: Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime WA. And if you want to read about what I was doing back in August for homebrewing, you can go to (laughs) homebrewengineer.com.
0: All right, good, good. Yeah, it's, it's hey. I'm going to put it in a positive light, you know. That's there's right. stuff there. oh, no, <laughs> there is stuff there. And your stuff, what's nice about your blog is that even if it's old, it's still relevant. There's still a lot of good information, especially if you're homebrewing and you want to find out good homebrewing recipes. John has some on there. Uh, so give him a shot and, and check out all his great stuff on homebrewengineer.com.
1: Yeah, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I'm really trying to put a shine on the uh, barrel. Because that's a series of posts that I did last on there.
0: (laughs) That's right, the barrel. And the barrel is good. It was good. Yeah,
1: it's got some porter in it right now.
0: Ooh, nice. Nice. All right, John, it is last call, and it's time to bring our show to a close. We just want to thank everyone for downloading and listening. And we ask you to please tell a friend and also subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or, you know, however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. We We have definitely seen an increase in beer branding, uh, with music bands and to oh gosh okay let me start over <laughs> <laughs> all right recently we have seen an increase in beer branded beers what f- beer branded fuck it we'll do it live <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i wrote there i guess i just uh okay let me just do it seen change. an
1: increase in beer branded along with rock and metal bands
0: I'll just say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Take three. Mm